Welcome to the Holistic Skin Guru, where what's on the surface is just as important as what's underneath. I'm your host, Amina. Let's dive deep into the world of holistic skincare. Hi guys, and welcome to our podcast. Today, I'm going to be speaking about simple skincare, something that we don't hear often about because we've been sold this idea that we need to use 10,000 products to be able to look amazing. But before I talk about the products itself, I wanna set up the background to the skincare industry so all of this makes sense to you. You see, we have what's called the cosmetic industry and the cosmeceutical industry, and the two don't work hand in hand because the cosmetic industry is run by large corporations whose interests are only in making profits on selling products, while cosmeceutical companies are usually professional companies that are manufacturing products for a professional skincare environment like clinics and salons. And they spend a lot of money in research and development to give you a product that actually does what it says that it does, as opposed to the cosmetic industry where it's basically a promise in a jar. And uh, for us in the cosmeceutical space, we are forever hitting our heads against a brick wall because this giant industry has such a huge marketing arm and spends so much money, billions and billions of dollars on marketing every year, putting ads on television and onto billboards and newspapers and even online, convincing you to buy their products because they will do X, Y, Z and promising you all sorts of things. And then you buy the product and you might only spend 30 or $40 and in some cases even more, and it does nothing because the active ingredients in those products are so minimal. They might say that they've got hyaluronic acid in them or elastin or Q10 or whatever, but these ingredients are so minimal and then they're masked by all of these other synthetic ingredients that just take away from what they say they're gonna do. While a cosmeceutical product is usually made up and composed of ingredients that actually are actively working to change the skin or do something within the skin, whether it's hydration or um, anything like that. So that's the first thing, the cosmeceutical companies and the cosmetic companies. So when you're coming into a clinic, when you're coming into a salon, you are going to be presented with a cosmeceutical product and cosmeceutical products is what you want to be using. Uh, You don't wanna be using the cosmetic brands. They are not in the best interest of your skin. So this brings me to one of my favorite topics, which is skincare. In, within skincare, there are so many products, like we've got cleansers and we hear people speaking about toners and eye creams and moisture protectants, SPF, uh, serums, retinols. There's so much that's part of the skincare industry or uh, skincare in general. It sometimes makes it difficult Uh, to see the trees from the forest. So I'm gonna start breaking this down for you now. What we need to do is keep it really simple. My ethos in my salon, the way I train my staff and the way I explain things to my clients is that you need to do three things and they are keep it clean, 
keep it hydrated and keep it out of the sun. If you're following those three rules, everything else that's going on with your skin, we can generally treat in salon or help you treat with a home care regimen. So what does that mean? You need a good cleanser to keep it clean, something that's not gonna strip or compromise the barrier function of your skin and something that's suited your, to your skin type, whether you are on the dry side, uh, you're slightly aging, so you've got a drier skin, or you uh, are genetically predisposed to having an oilier complexion, you need the right cleanser for your skin type. So that's the first thing to correct is your cleanser because nine times out of 10, everybody's problem is their cleanser because so many people are using cleansers that are laced with sulfates and you've heard me talk about sulfates and how damaging they are. So we wanna get you off those cleansers and get you onto something that's more gentle, that's going to be keeping the pH balance in check and just cleansing the skin and doing its job beautifully. So that's first thing, cleansers. The second thing, is to keep it hydrated. So as we age, our skin starts to uh, deplete in its hydration. And the number one factor for aging is dehydration. So when our skin starts to dehydrate, it starts to get crepey. And then that crepiness starts to um, present as fine lines. And if we leave that untreated, we end up with deeper lines and deeper lines. And then it's harder for us to come back from that. We need to do more expensive treatments and uh, more treatments that are um, quite full on to get us to see, see some results. So don't let you, yourself get to that point. Start treating the crepiness when you start to see it. You've got any type of dehydration, make sure you grab a hyaluronic acid straight away because that serum is gonna really help uh, draw those water lipids in and hydrate the skin beautifully. So keep your skin hydrated for that reason. And then obviously the next mantra that I always have is to keep it out of the sun. And the reason for this is um, that the skin ages us very, very quickly. And we need to protect our, our skin from the sun. I'm not saying that you should never go out in the sun because we need vitamin D as well to keep ourselves healthy. But when it comes to our faces, we know that we can damage our skin with photo damage is one of uh, the biggest concerns that we have with our client base. And that is also very expensive to treat. So if you can start using sunscreens that are uh, organic and are physical blockers, and I'll do a whole podcast on this, I promise, uh, to explain the difference between a chemical blocker and a physical blocker, but we want SPFs or sunscreens that are gentle yet effective from you know bouncing those UV rays off our skin so we can protect our skin from pigmentation uh, and any dark spots or sunspots that may form. So what are the take-homes from this? The take-homes are that we need to keep our skin clean, hydrated and out of the sun. Now I'm gonna to talk to you about two products that I believe do not belong in your home, in your bathroom or on the shelf really. Uh, and those two products are my pet peeves, under eye cream and toners. So in the 1970s or 80s, somewhere around there, uh, don't quote me on that, uh, we had these large cosmetic companies producing cleansers and they were using lots and lots of lovely sulfates. And what they found was that people were having trouble washing these ingredients off their skin. 
So in order to get the, the sulfates and these nasty ingredients off your skin, they invented toners. Toners have obviously evolved over time. So some products will have toners that are doing something else. So please don't come at me. I'm just talking about traditionally what toners used to be do, used to do and why they were invented. And the reason they were invented was to get the residue of the cleanser off the skin. So a totally useless product. Usually when you see toners in a skincare range, and I'm not talking about a clinical range, I'm talking about a cosmetic range. When you see a toner in that range, that is your indicator that the, that the um, cleanser contains a high level of sulfates. And that's why they've got that toner sitting there. So that's one product that's just knock it off the shelf, fix your cleanser, get rid of, two, get rid of the toner, and then you've just got one product that's gonna be washing completely off your skin just with water, okay? Um, the other pet peeve is eye creams. <laughs> now, I know a lot of you love your eye creams and that's fine. You can continue to use it if you've got a good one. I have no issues with that. But understand why eye creams were, prevent, uh, were invented so that you can uh, make an informed decision when you're switching to a new brand. So basically, moisturizers were, were manufactured like from the 1930s. Women started, especially in Europe, in Paris, they were starting to use moisture protectants on their skin to protect their skin. And um, as the large corporations and big companies picked up on this, they started to mass produce moisturizers or moisture protectants or moisture, moisture lotions. And as they went through this mass production of these products, they uh, were not concentrating on the, the molecular structure of these creams. They were more interested in cutting their costs and making big profits. And so what happened was they were pumping out these products that were quite clogging to the under eye area because we all know that the under eye area is a very refined area of the skin. It's more refined than other areas in our face. And uh, for this reason, uh, people were getting, you know, clogged up under their eye area. And all they needed to do was just provide a moisture protectant that was more refined, that had ingredients that were more refined that could be taken in, in that area under your eye. And instead of doing that, the marketers decided, let's come up with a whole new moisture protectant just for the under eye area and we'll call it an eye cream. And so that was the birth of the eye cream and we have been programmed and conditioned to think that this is part of our skincare regime. But I'm here to tell you that there are enough products on the market, including the one behind me, where our products are so refined because they are organic uh, and they are clinical and they are prescriptive. You do not need an under eye cream specifically. So you can knock that product off your shelf and that's one less product to buy. So what have you got left with? You've got your cleanser, you've got your uh, serum based on your skin condition. You've got your uh, moisture protectant and you've got your SPF. These are your basics that you need in your toolkit. And this is gonna save you a lot of money because when you correct your skincare, your skin starts to glow, you start to fix the pH balance in your skin, you improve your hydration, so your skin just starts looking and glowing and shining and looking beautiful. You won't need as much makeup, 
so you'll save money on that. So it's a very good idea for you to start thinking about um, how your decisions about what products you put on your skin is actually costing you money and um, move forward in a way that's happy for your budget and happy for your wallet. I hope I've given you something to think about when it comes to a simple skincare regime and I'd love to catch you on our next podcast but in the meantime leave your comments below, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast and Spotify and I'll see you on the next episode. If you like this podcast and you love our content, please leave us a review. We are happy to give you a 10% discount. If you would like to come in to experience our salon, just comment podcast in the booking online. The links are below and I'll see you on the next podcast.